We're in a series called Don't Settle. And kind of the, the thrust of this series is we want to help you live your best life now in 2018 and beyond. And so last week was a very pivotal message. You really, really need to hear this message. If you missed last week, get online, watch the message. I really believe it will help you watch the message, download it, listen to it, don't settle. And today as we begin, uh, continue week two of this four-part series, I want to talk to you from this thought. Don't settle for religion. Don't settle for religion. If, you, if you're watching us online or Indianapolis, you're not familiar with Oklahoma City, but, but right now in the Oklahoma City metro area, there is a lot of construction going on in our downtown area. So downtown has a lot of construction going on. And you get go downtown, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of one-way uh, roads downtown, a lot of one-way streets. And I was recently driving downtown. And I, as I was driving all the construction and all, I got on one of the run, turn, turn onto one of the one-way streets. And, and as I turned, next thing you know, I see a car coming at me. You're like, you are going the wrong way. You know what I mean? So you get on your horn, and as I'm honking the horn and going, what, what are you doing? You know, next thing you know, you, you're thinking as a pastor, you're like, hope it's none of the parishioners. I'm honking, come on, now what are you doing? You're going down the wrong street, and as I'm driving down this one way, trying to honk my horn, next thing I know, people are kind of honking at me. And I realize... Is me going the wrong way down the street. And so I exit off, and I'm like, I got to get off this street. I'm telling you, it's dangerous to go down the wrong side of something. <laughs> it's dangerous to be on the wrong side. And, and today, we're going to look at a verse. I want to unpack it for you. And this verse has a comma in it. And as we study this verse, here's what I want you to understand. If you find yourself on the wrong side of the comma, it will really be detrimental to your spiritual life. If you find yourself on the wrong side of the comma, it's going to hinder you from living your best life. And so I want to unpack this verse so that you can live on the right side of the comma. And here's the one little small verse we're going to unpack and study today. John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, Comma, come on, at all of our locations, would everybody say comma? That's really critical. If you love me, comma, keep my commands. And here's how most people read this. Here's how most people emphasize this verse in their mind. If you love me, keep my commands. You better show God you love him. You better keep God's commands if you love him. And the problem is people put the emphasis on the wrong side of the comma. You see, it should read like this. If you love me, keep my commands. If you love me, you're going to end up keeping my commands. The, the, the emphasis is supposed to be, is not supposed to be on the command side. It's supposed to be on the love me side. You see, there are two sides to this verse. There's the love me side, the relationship side, and then there's the command side. And if you follow God on this side of the comma, you know what will happen? You will find yourself in religion. And, and, you see, religion is not relationship-based. Religion is rule-based. And God never meant for us to follow his commandments apart from a relationship with him. You see, all religion does is put distance between us and God. And I want to talk to you today 
between, about the difference between relationship and religion. And what side of the comma are you living on? The relationship side or the religion side? Where are you putting the emphasis in your own life? I want you to live on the right side of the comma. Let's look at the difference between religion and relationship. Number one is this. Religion is performance-based. Relationship is grace-based. You see, friends, when you live on the wrong side of the comma, you're you're performance-based with God. You think living for God is all about keeping his commandments. It's all about how you perform. and, And it's easy to see how people get stuck thinking that they have to perform for God. Because we live in a performance-based culture where so much emphasis is on our performance. It starts as little children. And as kids, you know, what, what's your grade? Did you get an A, B, C, or D? I didn't say F because I know nobody got any Fs. Come on, somebody. Huh? It's performance-based. Did you make the sports team? Are you first string, second string, or riding the bench? Are you a star athlete? Are you a cheerleader? Do you look good? Did you make the marching band? What did you score on the ACT? How about on the SAT? Are you valedictorian or salutatorian? What college did you get accepted into? Harvard? How did you do do on the job interview? How are you performing on your job? Does he get a raise? Does he get a promotion? And and so much in our culture is just performance-based. And I grew up with a performance-based mindset. You see, see, when I was growing up, I, I can remember, you know, I, I would get spankings if I got a bad grade. So I, I'd come home, and if I'd bring home a C, my daddy would spank me. Now, I don't advise this, but, I mean, that's how I grew up. So I would get a spanking, and I've told you in the past, when I got a spanking, my, we, we got spanked and talked to at the same time. Why did you bring home that C? You better get that. Could you get shorter sentences, please? All of that's not necessary. And that made me scared and fearful and performance-based. I got to get good grades. I got to perform good so I can be accepted. And, and I remember as, a, as growing up, you know, I, I really got validated by my dad by athletics. So I, I heard good job when I performed well on the football field or, or got, did good at baseball, man. Parents were there, got validated. And, man, I just got this performance base. You like me better when I perform well. And if we're not careful, that kind of thinking slips into our relationship with God. And we begin to think that our relationship with God is out of performance. It's built on performance. If you do good things, God likes you. If you perform well, God really loves you. And that's not true at all. Friends, God is countercultural, and he does not want you living a performance-based life. Let me say something to you. God is not impressed with your performance. He's really, God is not impressed with your performance. You are not saved by your performance. You don't have a relationship with God based on performance. God likes you. And God loves you just like you are. Not because of what you do. He just loves you. Friends, you're not saved by performance. Friends, you don't have a relationship with God based on performance. 
Ephesians says it like this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. You're not saved because the performance is not performance-based. You, you, you actually can't do anything to earn it. You, you can't work for it. You can't do enough good deeds for it. Matter of fact, it goes on to say, it is the gift of God. Verse 9, not by works so that no one can boast. You see, friends, it's not about your performance. It's about Jesus' performance. And we get in this work-based mentality and we start thinking that we can earn salvation. It's, we got to perform for God to like us. And friends, religion is all about works and Jesus and Christianity is all about what Jesus did on the cross. It's not about what you did. It's about what Jesus did. That's what it's, it's about. It's, it's all about grace. Grace is not about your performance. It's about God's performance. See, Jesus came to earth. He performed real well. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose again with all power in his, in his hands. You cannot earn it or work for it. Matter of fact, on your best day, your good deeds stink. On your best day, your best performance stinks. Matter of fact, just look at your neighbor and just say, you stink. I just want you stink. Yeah. I don't tell you to say that often in church. You got permission one time to say it. I know you've been waiting to say that in church. On your best day, your, your performance stinks. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6 says this, All, every one of us, have become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. On our best day, our righteousness is like filthy rags. You see, religion grades righteousness on a curve. Listen, but Jesus grades righteousness on the cross. Religion says it's about your performance. Jesus says it's not about your performance. It's about my performance. Listen, the old song is so true. What can make me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's not about what you have done. It's about what Jesus did. You have to, listen, you're saved by grace and you got to live by grace. You have to live on the right side of the comma, religion is performance-based. Relationship is grace-based. Let's dive a little deeper into this. Number two, religion is about condemnation. Relationship is about change. There's a big difference. And when you live on the wrong side of the comma, your life is filled with condemnation. If you love God, you better obey his commands. And when you don't, you feel like a horrible person. That's what religion does. It makes you feel like a horrible person. When you miss the mark, religion says you're a loser. You see, condemnation puts a magnifying glass on your sin and mistakes. 
just rubs it in your face. Condemnation, religion just judges you. Religion makes you feel bad. It, it looks down on you. It tells you you're not good enough to be a child of God. You know what religion does? It just, it just gets a magnifying glass all on your mistakes. That's what religion does. It's not about change. It's about making you feel bad. Really? You're in church today? Really? You know how you've been living. <laughs> what, are you, what are you really doing in church? Huh? Talking about you're going to go to growth track. You better not go to growth track. You better go to the cleanup track. You know how you've been <laughs> living. Going to join the dream team. You better join the clean team. You know, I mean, it's like you're going to. That's what religion does. It beats you up. Makes you look at you, look at you, you lying, you cheated. Look, look at all you. It's not about changing you, it's about condemning you, making you feel bad, beating you up. And friends, Jesus doesn't want to magnify your sin, He wants to forgive your sin. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Friend, God wants to save you from your sin. He, wants first, he first wants to forgive you of your sin, and then he wants to change you to be more like him. But God is not trying to condemn you. Matter of fact, verse 18 goes on to say, whoever believes in him, who believes in Jesus, is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. So if you don't know Jesus, your sin condemns you already. Jesus isn't condemning you. Your sin condemns you. Your sin is separating you from a holy and a pure and a righteous God and your sin will condemn you. And Jesus is trying to accomplish two things in your life. If you don't know Jesus today, he's doing everything that he can to bring you into his family. He wants to forgive you. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. If you know Jesus, what he's trying to do in your life is he's trying to continually change you to be more like him, to be more in his image. We have a real fancy word in church. We call it sanctification. All sanctification means is that we're in a process of becoming more like God, more like Christ. And so that's what he wants to do in our life. He wants to not condemn us and beat us up. He knows we're not perfect, but he's always trying to change us and to make us more like him. The Bible says it like this. Let me show this to you. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. It says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you are in Christ and you're living beat up all the time, always beating yourself up, that is not Jesus. That is religion. That's condemnation if you belong to Christ there is no condemnation but now if you don't belong to Christ you, you feel condemned your sin is condemning you and Jesus I said it I want you to hear it again he's doing he loves you he's doing everything that he can to bring you into his family so that you don't have to live condemned any longer verse 2 goes on to say this and because you belong to him the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So notice what it says. If you know Jesus, the life-giving, this is some theology, this is some doctrine. Let me teach this to you. If you know Jesus, is the moment you give your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. The life-giving Holy Spirit free you from sin. 
He wants to change you and make you more and more and more and more like Jesus. And at People's Church, we are passionate for you to become more and more and more and more like Jesus. That's why we've been talking about growth track so much. Is I, Listen, that class is going to help you. Those four steps is going to help you become more and more like Jesus. And I'm so excited. We've had hundreds of people sign up for that class. It has been packed today jam-packed in the last two classes i know it's probably packed right now listen get to growth track start next week get there we want to help you become more like christ we want to help you discover your purpose i'm passionate about you growing to be more like jesus christ i don't want you to keep living on the religion side of the comma I want you to experience your best life, and you have to understand there's a big difference between religion and Jesus. There's a, listen, they're opposite. Jesus and religion are literally opposite from each other. Religion makes God the boss and you the employee. Jesus makes God the father and you his child. Religion makes you a slave. Jesus says you're a son or a daughter. Religion is the infection. Jesus is the cure. Religion puts you in darkness. Jesus brings you to the light. Religion puts you in bondage. Jesus sets you free. Religion makes you blind. Jesus makes you see. Religion is all about your behavior. Jesus is all about your heart. Religion is about the outside. Jesus is about the inside. Religion beats you up. Jesus lifts you up. Religion drives you from God. Jesus drives you to God. Religion says do. Jesus says done. Religion condemns you. Jesus changes you. Which side of the comma are you living on? Religion versus relationship. Friends, I want to give you a third point. This really kind of seals it here. This is going to make it that even a five-year-old this last point, a five-year-old will be able to understand what I'm teaching today. This last point is so critical. Number three is this. Religion is have to. Relationship is want to. Religion is have to. Relationship is want to. And when you live on the wrong side of the comma, living for God is have to. It's a have to. Do you have any have to's in your life? that you don't enjoy. <laughs> you know, you don't, ha you don't have to. Have-tos can be so life-draining. Maybe for some of you it's like, well, I have to do the laundry. <laughs> have to do the dishes. Have to. I have to cut the grass. I have to pay my taxes. Some of you students are like, I have to go to school. Or some of you may say, I have to get my oil changed. Have-tos. I have to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> I said, Pastor, why did you bring that up? I'm in my 40s now, and they're talking to me about it now, huh? They're like, Mr. Cooper, we think you need to get a colonoscopy. I'm like, do I have to? <laughs> really? Yeah, we think you should get a colonoscopy. Matter of fact, in December, the doctor's office called me to set up the appointment for me to have a colonoscopy. Mr. Cooper, we, I'm calling now to schedule you for your colonoscopy. I still hadn't called her back yet. Come on, somebody pray for me, huh? <laughs> Do I have to? What y'all going to be doing back there? I heard you knock me all the way out. Keep me halfway awake. I want to be watching y'all back there now. Have to? Do I have to? Really? 
Can I tell you, have-tos can be life-draining. And I remember growing up and, and, and not liking the have-tos. I remember growing up. My, my dad was very firm growing up, and we had a lot of have-tos. Like, I remember growing up, and we had to go to bed early, even in the summertime. I'm like, it's a light outside. <laughs> we don't have school. Go to bed. It's bedtime. For what? And then my dad had a famous line, because I said so. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. We had to read after school. We had to read books after school. And I mean, I'm a big believer in reading, and so it's important, but I didn't understand why we were doing it. And if we asked a question, because I said so. You have to do it because I said so. And that works really good when you're three and four and five and six and eight and ten. You know, I was four, you know, when you got to 14 or 15, you know, I wasn't near as smart as I thought I was back then. Do you hear what I'm saying? But, but I at least thought I was smart enough to have a, just a conversation. And I can remember asking my dad, hey, can I go over one of my friends' home and hang out with one of my friends? No. Well, how come? Because I said so. Oh. Okay. All right. So I snuck out anyways and still went over. Come on, somebody, huh? <laughs> Teenager, don't you do that now. Because, listen, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. And we didn't have a relationship. My dad never explained why. It was just because I said so. You have to because I said so. But there was no relationship, and rules without relationship will lead to rebellion. And when you have no relationship with God and you're living on the wrong side of the comma, it's all about rules. It's rules based with God. I have to. Some of you are there right now with God. It's like, well, I have to go to church. I have to pray. Well, I guess I have to read my Bible. When they're talking about prayer and fasting and 6 a.m. prayer meetings, I guess I have to be there. I have to tithe. I have to serve in the ministry. I, I just have to live holy. Have to. I just have to be in a small group. Friends, trying to follow the commands of God without a relationship with God will never work. Rules without relationship will always lead to rebellion. You will end up rebelling. You will eventually get mad at God and resent him. Friends, a rule-based faith is no faith at all. God never wanted you to be religious. God never wanted you to follow him just out of some rules. God's always desired a relationship with you. He created you to have relationship with you, not to be religious. And when you live on the wrong side of the comma, you follow God because you have to. But if you ever get on the right side of the comma, you follow God because you want to, not because you have to. Let me take you back to our opening verse, our theme verse, John 14, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. See, see so many of you have lived on the wrong, you, you've emphasized the wrong thing. Now keep his commands, keep it. No, 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 no. You're emphasizing the wrong thing. If you love me. You fall in love with me. You'll keep my commands. You see, 
focus has to be on loving God and then keeping his commands will follow. Matter of fact, in John 14, Jesus talks a little bit more about this. In verse 23, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. If you love me, you're going to want to obey my teaching. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 2 says this. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. If we love God, we'll carry out his commands. He goes on to say in verse 3, in fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands and his commands are not burdensome. Wow. You see, when we don't want to obey God's commands, we have a love problem. It's, it's, it's not about becoming more religious. It's not about trying harder. It, it's, it's not about being more holy and you better do better. No, no, the answer is fall more in love with Jesus. You see, if we fall more in love with Jesus, we want to obey his commands. Matter of fact, here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. If you love me, you keep my commands. And they're not even burdensome. Because you no longer have to you actually want to. I've been married to my wife for 20 years and, and I, I want to serve her. I want to cherish her. I, I want to honor her. I want to be faithful to her. Do you know why? Because I love her. And I don't wake up every day going, today, Herbert, be faithful to Tiffany. No, I don't. I wake up every day focused on loving her. If I just stay in love with her, just love her, spend time with her, I take her on a date every week. We sit around, we talk. I cultivate our relationship. I love her. And because I love her, I cherish her. I want to. I want to honor her. I want to be faithful to her. Not because I have to, but because I want to. Because I love her. And friends, it's the same way with God. If you get on this side of the commas, I have to, and I got to live holy, and I have to pray. And I, no. God's always wanted relationship. And if you'll just love me, and you fall in love with me, and you continue just to love on me, you're going to want to pray. You're going to want to read your Bible. You're going to want to come to church. You're going to want to come to a 6 a.m. prayer meeting. You're going to want to fast. You're going to want to tithe. You're going to want to serve on the dream team. You're going to want to be in a small group. You're going to want to hang around the right people. You're going to, the desire to lie is going to start shrinking and to cheat and to be full of pride and, and lust and, and lying. It just, it just shifts and now all of a sudden 
You want to live for God. If sin is dominating your life, it's not a sin problem. It's a love problem. If you love me, guess what? You will keep my commands. You see, that's why we do prayer and fasting. 14 days every year. Why? Because this flesh gets in control. Come on, my flesh rises up, especially after the Christmas break when I got so many Christmas cookies and eggnog and, and fried this all up in my system. My flesh is like, yeah, I run you. And I got to get this stuff under subjection to the Holy Spirit and to the Word. So fasting, I'll be fasting food and technology and television and fasting, setting things aside so I can pursue God and chase after Him. Because if I have a right relationship and a close relationship, I'm going to want to follow Him. Can I encourage you to be at prayer meeting tomorrow morning? And you say, well, Pastor, if I come tomorrow, it's because I have to. Well, you got to begin with have to. So you can't just lay in bed talking about, well, Jesus changed my have to to want to. No, you're going to you're gonna have to cultivate your relationship. Get to work on the relationship. Be here in the morning. Fight your flesh. Get here. Pray. Seek God. Go after God. The first 15 is so critical. The first 15 minutes of your, of your morning, get up. The first thing you do, read your Bible for five minutes. Pray for five minutes. Worship for five minutes. Give God the first 15. And when you begin, it's because you have to. But if you'll build that relationship with God, it'll be because you want to. If you love me, you'll keep 